0: Letters 29 to 31 of THE POWER OF SYMPATHY OR THE TRIUMPH OF NATURE FOUNDED IN TRUTH by William Hill Brown. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Letter 29. Mrs. Holmes to Myra. Bellevue i am sometimes mortified to find the books which i recommend to your perusal are not always applicable to the situation of an american lady the general observations of some english books are the most useful things contained in them the principal parts being chiefly filled with local descriptions which a young woman here is frequently at a loss to understand i send you a little work entitled a lady of qualities advice to her children which though not altogether free from this exception is highly worthy of your attention a parent who is represented struggling with the distress of a lingering illness bequeaths a system of education to her offspring i do not recommend it to you as a novel but as a work that speaks the language of the heart and that inculcates the duty we owe to ourselves to society and the deity didactic essays are not always capable of engaging the attention of young ladies we fly from the labored precepts of the essayist to the sprightly narrative of the novelist habituate your mind to remark the difference between truth and fiction you will then always be enabled to judge of the propriety and justness of a thought and never be misled to form wrong opinions by the meretricious dress of a pleasing tale you will then be capable of deducing the most profitable lessons of instruction and the design of your reading will be fully accomplished hence you will be provided with a key to the characters of men to unlock these curious cabinets is a very useful as well as entertaining employment of those insidious gentlemen who plan their advances towards us on the chesterfieldian system let me advise you to beware a prudent commander would place a double watch if he apprehended the enemy were more disposed to take the fort by secrecy and undermining than by an open assault i cannot but smile sometimes to observe the ridiculous figure of some of our young gentlemen who affect to square their conduct by his lordship's principles of politeness they never tell a story unless it be very short they talk of decorum and the etiquette they detest everything vulgar or common they are on the rack if an old man should let fall the proverb and a thousand more trifling affectations the ridicule of which arises not so much from their putting on this foreign dress as from their ignorance or vanity in pretending to imitate those rules which were designed for an english nobleman unless therefore they have the prospect of being called by congress to execute some foreign negotiation they ought certainly to be minding their business this affectation of fine breeding is destructive to morals dissimulation and insincerity are connected with its tenets and are mutually inculcated with the art of pleasing. A person of this character grounds his motives for pleasing on the most selfish principle. He is polite, not for the honour of obliging you, as he endeavours to make you believe, but that he himself might be obliged. Suspect him, therefore, of insincerity and treachery, who sacrifices truth to complacence, and advises you to the pursuit of an object which would tend to his advantage always distinguish the man of sense from the coxcomb mr worthy is possessed of a good understanding and an exact judgment if you are united with him let it be the study of your life to preserve his love and esteem his amiable character is adorned with modesty and a disposition to virtue and sobriety I never anticipate your future happiness but i contemplate this part of his character with pleasure but remember the fidelity of a wife alone will not always secure the esteem of a husband when her personal attractions do not continue to delight his eye she will flatter his judgment i think you are enabled to perform this because you are solicitous to supply your mind with those amiable qualities which are more durable than beauty. When you are no longer surrounded with a flattering circle of young men, and the world shall cease to call you beautiful, your company will be courted by men of sense, who know the value of your conversation. I am pleased with the conduct of some agreeable girls, and the return of civility and attention they often make to the conceited compliments of a certain class of beau these ladies wisely consider them as the butterflies of a day and therefore generally scorn to break them on a wheel when you are in company when the vain and thoughtless endeavor to show their ingenuity by ridiculing particular orders of men your prudence will dictate to you not to countenance their abuse the book i have just mentioned intimates that there are a great many things done and said in company which a woman of virtue will neither see nor hear. To discountenance levity is a sure way to guard against the encroachment of temptation. To precipitate in the mirth of a buffoon is to render yourself equally ridiculous. We owe to ourselves a detestation of folly, and to the world the appearance of it. I would have you avoid coquetry and affectation, and the observance of my maxims will never make you a prude pretend therefore should a vain youth throw you illiberal sarcasms against mechanics lawyers ministers virtue religion or any serious subject not to comprehend the point of his wit i have seldom spoken to you on the importance of religion and the veneration due to the characters of the clergy i always supposed your good sense capable of suggesting their necessity and eligibility the ministers of no nation are more remarkable for learning and piety than those of this country the fool may pretend to scorn and the irreligious to condemn but every person of sense and reflection must admire that sacred order whose business is to inform the understanding and regulate the passions of mankind surely therefore that class of men will continue to merit our esteem and affection while virtue remains upon earth. I am always pleased with the reasonable and amiable light in which the clergy are placed by the author of the guardian. The light, says he, in which these points should be exposed to the view of one who is prejudiced against the names, religion, church, priest, or the like, is to consider the clergy as so many philosophers, the churches as schools, and their sermons as lectures for the improvement and information of the audience. How would the heart of Tully or Socrates have rejoiced, had they lived in a nation where the law had made provision for philosophers to read lectures of philosophy, every seventh day, in several thousands of schools, erected at the public charge, throughout the whole country, at which lectures, all ranks and sexes, without distinction, were obliged to be present for their general improvement you may perhaps think this letter too serious but remember that virtue and religion are the foundation of education adieu letter thirty mrs holmes to myra bellevue you will observe my dear friend that most of the letters i have written to you of late on female education are confined to the subject of study i am sensible of the ridicule sometimes levelled at those who are called learned ladies either these ladies must be uncommonly pedantic or those who ridicule them uncommonly ignorant do not be apprehensive of acquiring that title or sharing the ridicule but remember that the knowledge which i wish you to acquire is necessary to adorn your many virtues and amiable qualifications this ridicule is evidently a transatlantic idea and must have been imbibed from the source of some english novel or a magazine the american ladies of this class who come within our knowledge we know to be justly celebrated as ornaments to society and an honor to the sex when it is considered how many of our countrywomen are capable of the task it is a matter of regret that american literature boasts so few productions from the pens of the ladies self-complacency is a most necessary acquirement for the value of a woman will always be commensurate to the opinion she entertains of herself a celebrated european wit in a letter to a lady concenters much good advice in the short rule of conduct reverence thyself i was this morning reading swift's letter to a very young lady on her marriage although this famous writer is not celebrated for delicacy or respect towards us yet i wish some of his observations contained less truth if you are in company says this writer when the conversation turns on the manners and customs of remote nations or on books in verse or prose, or on the nature and limits of virtue and vice, it is a shame for a lady not to relish such discourses, not to improve by them, and endeavour by reading and information, to have her share in those entertainments, rather than turn aside, as is the usual custom, and consult with the woman who sits next her, about a new cargo of fans he then descends to particulars and insists on the necessity of orthography it is not a little hard continues he that not one gentleman's daughter in a thousand should be brought to read or understand her own natural tongue or be judge of the easiest books that are written in it as any one may find who can have the patience to hear them mangle a play or a novel if there be any of your acquaintance to whom this passage is applicable i hope you will recommend the study of mr webster's grammatical institute as the best work in our language to facilitate the knowledge of grammar i cannot but think mr webster intended his valuable book for the benefit of his countrywomen for while he delivers his rules in a pure precise and elegant style he explains his meaning by examples which are calculated to inspire the female mind with a thirst for emulation and a desire of virtue no subject has been more exhausted than that of education many utopian schemes have been delineated and much speculation employed when i peruse these labors and am persuaded the intention of their authors is to promote our welfare i feel myself prompted to a prudent and amiable demeanour and i suppose every woman of reason and reflection feels the same inclination to virtue and the same sensations of gratitude in reading the works of those writers the characteristics of whom are sentiment morality and benevolence what books do you read my dear we are now finishing barlow's vision of columbus And shall begin upon dwight's conquest of canaan in a few days it is very agreeable to read with one who points out the beauties of the author as we proceed such a one is worthy sometimes mr holmes makes one of our party and his notes and references to the ancient poets are very entertaining worthy is delighted with the ease and freedom with which we live here We have little concerts, we walk, we ride, we read, we have good company. This is Bellevue in all its glory. Adieu, my dear. I shall continue this subject no longer, though I flatter myself you would receive my hints with satisfaction, because you must be persuaded I love you, and so interest myself in your welfare. I need not add that I think your conduct worthy of you you are such a good girl that i know not in what to direct you for you leave me no room for advice continue to anticipate the desires of my heart and secure the high opinion you have there obtained your friend forever letter thirty one mrs holmes to myra bellevue if the affair of your brother and harriet be serious and matrimony is really on the tapis do not fail to make me previously acquainted with it i very much doubt the evidence of the verses they weigh little in my mind and he is easily excused for sending them to so fine a girl as harriet your observations on her dependence on mrs francis do honour to your heart virtue does not consist in affluence and independence nor can it be reflected on us by the glory of our connections those who pride themselves on it make but an indifferent figure for in the estimation of all sensible people true merit is personal however my dear friend as one who wishes for your welfare and the happiness of your family i advise you to discourage the proposed connection and if you cannot undertake disagreeable talk with a certain of success Do not fail to acquaint me of it speedily. Adieu. End of letters 29 to 31